Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Richard Deitch, and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producers are Patrick Antonetti and Sean Cherry. Two guests this week. The topic is the NFL's new media deals. Two excellent guests who, um, who really, I think, provided... A lot of information for you if you're into this stuff. James Andrew Miller, best-selling author of books on CAA, ESPN, and Saturday Night Live, and the host of the Origins podcast. He focuses on ESPN, naturally so. Guy wrote the definitive book on them and what their NFL media rights deal means to that company. And then we bring on Anthony Krupe, the sports media reporter for Sportico, one of the best in the business at covering this stuff. And Krupe uh, does the rest of the media deals from CBS to Fox, to NBC, to Amazon. And so we, um, you know, we go through all of those uh, different entities, what they got from the NFL, why they wanted it, and how it will ultimately shake out. So if you're into the NFL and you want some insight into what all these uh, billions of dollars are going to ultimately bring to you, listen to this podcast. First up, James Andrew Miller, followed by Anthony Krupe, coming up on the Sports Media Podcast. All right, as I said at the top, we bring in uh, Jim Miller, who's a regular contributor to this podcast, uh, best-selling author of books on CAA, ESPN, Saturday Night Live, host of the Origins podcast, which is a Cadence 13 product as well. And Jim, thank you for joining me today. We are going to be with you specific to the ESPN deal. And so the... um, you know, me and you have, have – it feels like we've been talking for years now about uh, one of Jimmy Pitaro, the chairperson or chairman of ESPN. You know, perhaps his biggest charter was to rehab, if that's the right word, the relationship between ESPN and the NFL with a goal of ultimately getting a long-term deal with the NFL and doing better than they had in previous years. And as we now talk, Jim, a couple of days after this deal has been announced – I feel like Jimmy Pitaro has been successful. They extended for, you know, the 10 years that everybody else did. Uh, They retained Monday Night Football with more inventory. They got some exclusive inventory for ESPN+. They got flex scheduling, which is amazing, for Monday Night Football after, I think it's week 12 or whatever it is. And then they're in the Super Bowl rotation. And so ABC now returns to the fold in terms of a Super Bowl. Uh, They paid a lot for it, but... Give me your your sort of your overall view here of uh, of what ESPN ended up with in this deal. Well, look, I mean, I think that they're they're delighted. They're they're very happy, and they should be. I, I think this is probably probably the best deal that they could have gotten. I mean, I know that they asked for a bunch of other things, but basically, they went into this deal with the hopes of getting close to what they have here. And I think that you gotta you gotta really look at the NFL and say that the NFL did an incredible 180 on ESPN. And this was uh, this was the seventh deal that ESPN and the NFL have done together. And you know I think that there are there were several that you could say that the NFL wasn't exactly treating ESPN the way that they were treating some of their other partners. And I think they've leveled out the playing field, not to not to bore you with a uh, stereotypical metaphor here, but um, I think that one of the other things that's happened is that they were able to engineer enough of, I mean, enough of an architecture for 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 ESPN and also Disney that makes sense to shareholders and it makes sense for the future of ESPN. Without this deal, I mean there's a lot there's a lot of lot of challenges that ESPN has, but I think that this is now going to be the foundation as the NFL deals usually are to uh, to their future. 
All right, so let me do, let me go over a couple of deal points on this deal and just get your initial take uh, because I think ESPN did really really well. One thing that obviously stood out is that ESPN uh, gets. We'll do the Super Bowls after this one, but Monday Night Football obviously is their most important property. That's the property that appears on their air weekly. It's their centerpiece of their NFL package, and they get flex scheduling for Week 12 and beyond. You know that, Jim, one of the things that was always frustrating to ESPN was they would see Sunday Night Football be able to switch out and get a great game Week 13, Week 14, while they may be stuck with a total dog game late in the season in this deal, that changes. I feel like that is such a huge thing for Monday Night Football. It, generally speaking, should ensure any horribly rated game, you know, in week 14, 15, 16. I think that's, I would vote that number three in terms of the most important elements. I would say that, first of all, the most important word that the NFL used to ESPN was enhanced. If they get, so first and foremost, they get an enhanced schedule. And by the way, with the NFL schedule, it's very easy to document and to track. I mean, there are certain metrics. There's certain NFC East games, even when the division sucks. There's how many former Super Bowl um, matchups you have. I mean, the quality of the games is something that you can easily track. And the truth is that the NFL now is giving – ESPN an enhanced schedule. So I think first and foremost, that's great. Part of the problem was with Flex was that they had sometimes by the, by week 12 or week 13, they had already endured half a dozen crappy games. So they were really depressed when it got to the last part of the season and they didn't have any real juice, you know, in terms of games. So they're going to have a much better season. The second thing is, as you previously just referred to, is the Super Bowl. I think that's just, you know, it was awful for them to pay $1.9 billion a year and before that 1.1 and not have a Super Bowl um, for, for a myriad reasons. And so now they're going to get two in this package. Uh, the other guys get three, but that's, that's still, it's a big deal. And, and then I would come down to Flex. And, yeah, Flex starts in Week 12. Um, they also get a Saturday doubleheader, which I think is going to be significant later on and will, will help them a lot. But I think that those – the idea now – I mean, I don't know how Howard Katz and the NFL is going to do it. I mean, obviously, Thursday night, which went to Amazon because nobody else wanted it. I think Thursday night is going to be dog central. But – you know, that's the only way, as, as far as I can see, that they're going to be able to deliver quality games to everyone. And, you know, we'll see whether or not – I mean, they, they have a lot of mouth to feed. Um, both of those Sunday afternoon and Sunday night packages are – that Sunday night package is really important. So um, I guess they're going to – you know, it's going to come out on Thursday night. And the good news is Amazon will have NFL football, and they're going to have it exclusive. They're not even having to share it with – the NFL network, which was originally thought would happen, but I, it's going to be really hard, but the good news is I think for ESPN that they're going to be in much better shape all season long than they have been in the past. Let me ask you about the Super Bowls. Um, and, uh, yeah, by the way, uh, the annual divisional round game too now for the, for ESPN in 2023, as well as not just the wild card game. So they, they get that extra playoff game, which is nice. So, Super Bowls under the Disney ESPN NFL agreement, uh, the Super Bowl coming in the 2026 season and the Super Bowl coming in the 2030 season, 2026, five years away. Uh, it's, you know, it's really honestly kind of a fool's paradise to predict anything in media uh, five years from now, let alone two years from now. That said, given how, Jim, how ESPN has approached promotion of these jewel events that they've had, you know, whether it's the um, uh, college football national championship or, you know, uh, Wimbledon or the U S open, you know, whatever you want to call it. How about about their first world cup in South Africa? Right. World cup. Yeah. Which was actually a phenomenal coverage. What what do you expect? Like my, my, you know, I I made the joke and you made the joke and everybody makes the joke about like a 96 hour pregame show, but like, I I wasn't really joking. Like, like I I think, it's you know what I mean? Now. Like the marketing of the marketing of this thing is going to be, I think, unlike anything any other network has done. You agree with that? 
Well, of course. I mean, it was funny that we both, I mean, I said that, you know, the pregame starts, I mean, I did that two weeks before the deal or three weeks before the deal, um, you know, when I realized for sure that they were going to get a Super Bowl, or at least one. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, part of it, though, is that they are 24-7. You know, sometimes it's not like, it's not like these other places um, are 24-7 as, as well. And so ESPN just floods the zone, as they say, with this stuff in a way that nobody else can do it. I mean, even if you have a four-hour or five-hour uh, show, I mean, they're going to probably have four or five-hour shows every day leading up to the Super Bowl. I mean, there's, there's, just, there's just no doubt about it. And that's what they should be doing. That's what they should be doing. I mean, they're, they're paying a lot of money, and they've waited a long time. And thank God Bill Rasmussen, who founded ESPN, is alive to see it because that was his one big dream. And, uh, and, and you know, it's going to happen for them. But I, I don't think I, I don't think that we're going to be surprised when, uh, when the Super Bowls roll around. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is um, Pataro. Um, you know, he, he, he's charged with um, – I think it's fair to say he's charged with healing up the relationship that was pretty acrimonious between John Skipper and the NFL. And I think you even said on this podcast you would not have been surprised if John Skipper actually did not bid on uh, this package. Although maybe actually if John was saying that and his Disney bosses were like, you either bid on it or you're gone. But for the larger perspective of this question, Pataro is charged with getting a better relationship with the NFL. Clearly ESPN has a much better relationship with the NFL in 2021 than they had three or four or five years ago does um so i would ask you like jim like what's next for jimmy pataro like the the big challenge that he had or the two big challenges was get the nfl deal done which he did and i feel like one of the other big challenges was like to calm the waters with all uh you know with espn being in the middle of a culture war and you know i know that changes can change day to day but again at the moment like they're not so i'm not saying pataro is going to leave but but he, I feel like he's—I feel like he succeeded at these two big things he's supposed to do. Well, he certainly succeeded with the NFL, and the other one, which was really to separate politics in the ES and ESPN. He started off down that path and was very strident and strong about that path, and then George Floyd and other matters Correct. kind of Great overwhelmed point, yeah. overwhelmed everything, and, and so, they were smart to let their people. He just opened up the floodgates. He just opened up the floodgates because he had no choice. So in a way, he didn't even have to deal with that anymore. I mean, I know he has to deal with it, you know. But but in a way, the second part, the two big agenda items, uh, he uh, at least for the past year, he hasn't had to deal with the other one as much um, because it just became ridiculous to try and and, and bottle up people. So um, look, he and you know he got the NHL. He got a chunk of the NHL, at least, and uh, that was something that was important to a lot of people at ESPN. So, I mean, I think he's had a very productive year, and, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not sure what's, ne- what's next for him, but I do know that there was, there was a period in these negotiations where things got really hairy, and I think that, you know, there was. I'm not sure that Bob Chapek uh, loves the NFL as much. I mean, I'm sure he appreciates it and loves it, but as much as Bob Iger does. And I believe that Bob Iger did get involved. And, uh, you know, Bob Iger knows the NFL very, very well and has had a long relationship with them. And I think that that's not taking anything away from Jimmy at all. Um, but I think that the, the Disney team, so to speak, uh, and, and Jimmy obviously worked very well together to get this deal. Uh, so I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure what is next for him except now managing all of this. You know, sometimes when you have these big deals, they, they kind of, uh, they, they, they take a lot of your bandwidth. And so now he can get back to really managing the place. I just want to say one thing, which is, did you ever see the movie To Live and Die in L.A.? Of course, there's a, yeah. There's a glory, William, William, uh, William Peterson, right? Underrated. Bill Peterson, right, right. Um, there's a great scene where they drive on the freeway the wrong way, 
right? And they, I mean, it's like this car chase, and it's unbelievable. They go the opposite way in the LA freeway. And for months and months and months and months, we've all been hearing about, and years almost in a way, you know, streaming and all these pluses and Paramount Plus and every plus, ESPN Plus, everything else. And leave it to the NFL, which is like the only place, it's the only entity that could do this, that basically says to consumers, yeah, you know, all this streaming stuff, and that's fine. But for the next 10 years, for the next 10 years, basically, we're going to keep things the way they are. <laughs> I mean, yes, you, you need to have some sort of TV net, you know, cable package and whatever. But the truth is that what the, what the NFL has done is they've flown in the face. I, you know, even though they're embracing Thursday night with Amazon, and, and so there is a streaming element to it. I mean, they've done an old-fashioned deal, and only the NFL could have the power to say, yeah, we see which way the winds are blowing, and we all know this, but we don't care. And the networks responded to it. I mean, that's pretty amazing. I mean, movie theaters don't have that kind of control. Who else has that control? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The last one I want to ask you about is talent. Um, You know, the reality is, um, ESPN, even with the layoffs, multiple layoffs now over the last five years, um, they have NFL talent there. Um, I think they lost a ton of great NFL talent, but but you know, quality NFL talent exists. I think that, and this probably will be announced, I think, in the next couple of weeks, that the team of Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Brian Greasy will be retained from Monday Night Football. I think they honestly earned another season for sure. The real question, Jim, is as that contract comes up in 2023 and as it leads to the Super Bowl, their first Super Bowl and second Super Bowl. This is a two-part question. One, would you expect them to ultimately try to go for a, I don't know, splashier or bigger names than the group they have when they're getting close to a Super Bowl year? And then secondly, um, do they expand um, on making NFL hires now that they have this contract, although that, of course, would be a little counterintuitive given whether it's Trey Wingo or Mike Golick or, you know, run the, Ashley Fox, just run down the list of all the NFL people that they have let go in the last five years. So it's, a, you know, I could have asked that question better, but I think you know what I'm getting at. How does talent acquisition relate to the NFL deal? I think that they, I think they are going to double down on this current team. And I think that they're going to always have their ear to the ground for whether Peyton Manning changes his mind on something or whether there's, you know, a, I mean, they lost out on Drew Brees, uh, you know, whether there's somebody out there that they can either steal from somebody else or somebody coming off the, you know, coming off the field, so to speak, who's going to be a game changer. They want I think, you know, it's been pretty clear by if you, you know, track their behavior. Um, they they want that big name. And they lost Mike Tirico, and they lost uh, an opportunity for, you know, Manning and, and Brees. And so they're going to keep on trying. And I think that what's going to happen is they're going to they're going to continue with this group until they can really upgrade to a, quote, unquote, you know, celebrity entity. And when if they can do that, and if it's the right person, then they'll jump. And if not, then, you know, I think that they want to try and make this team as, as great as it can be. Is there, uh, is there anything else you wanted to add about the, uh, the major deal that came down? I mean, look, I think this is, well, I mean, just to, you know, I'm a kind of ESPN history nerd, so I think, I think this is the third most important NFL deal in Sir, ESPN Actually, history. really? Not first. I, mean, I guess the first one would be the when they got it, yeah. right? Well, 87 is easy because that was half a season, but that was at least, at least it got them into the game. But, I mean, the big one, the most important one, was the 98 deal because that was when Michael Eisner basically said to George Bodenheimer, if you can get the cable operators, 
you know, to 20% compounded increases over seven years. Uh, let's go for a full schedule. And not only did Bodenheimer get that, but they got the full schedule. They paid like $600 million, And that was, that was the deal that created the modern ESPN. That, that was the deal that gave them all that money. And not only so they could build a huge moat and, and spend, you know, over $20 billion on college football and all these, um, all these other rights deals, but it also uh, enabled them to, to really move forward in terms of, like, the financial strength of Disney. I mean, if you look at some of those Pixar and Marvel deals and whatever, I mean, some, you know, $12 billion in revenue, uh, some years. I mean, it's, it was just enormous. And that, that I think, was the, that was really the birth of, of, of the mega ESPN that we've come to know. But this one, this one is great. I mean, look, if they remember in 2005 when they spent $1.1 and they, to get Monday Night Football, they thought they were getting the Monday Night Football schedule. And you know, and people forget about that. You know, it's like Steve Bornstein not only took him to the cleaners, but he gave them the old cable pa- package schedule for Monday night. And that was, that was brutal. And there was a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot of uh, payback in that deal. Let's put it that way. But, um, and so I think they've now, with this deal, they finally recovered from that, that, Oh five debacle. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's hard to sort of like make the judgment or the assessment like, well, who did the best out of all the uh, different places? Because I think all the different places ultimately got what they want. Even Amazon, ultimately, they got exclusivity. But like ESPN did, I mean, I thought this is a understanding, you know, $2.7 billion is insane money for anything. But like within that universe, I think this is a great deal for them. And it's like you just said, historically, like... uh you know, a significant, significant deal for them in terms of the the history of uh, the history of the the company. Um, you got anything you want to promote before I let you go? No, I'm just uh, trying to close down this HBO book. Yeah, I right. uh, we look forward to this. I was uh, when I first started the book, I thought, oh great, I get to write about the birth of HBO Sports. Little did I know that I would. Well, I kind of had a feeling, but now I get to do the birth and the death. Yeah. It's amazing. Your book will be really good just because I, I think I think people should step back and realize just how much stuff has happened uh, at HBO over its uh, it's the course of that uh, that sort of amazing channel's life. Uh, Jim Miller, best-selling author of books on CAA, Saturday Night Live, ESPN, of course. Uh, check out his Origins uh, podcast. Go to the archives for that. Follow him on Twitter. Of course, we will see his uh, thoughts there and whatever various writings he's doing. Jim, thanks for coming on. I always appreciate uh, your time and your insight on ESPN. This is, uh, yet again, another interesting day in that company. Thank you. Thanks for having me. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. All right, as I said at the top, we now bring in Anthony Krupe, uh, the sports media reporter for Sportico. Uh, if you're really into the business, you would have uh, been reading him for Mad Age prior to Sportico. Uh, nobody better, in my opinion, when it comes to writing about sports viewership and, one, explaining what it means, and, two, just the sourcing that Krupe has had with media buyers is uh, is unbelievable. The, the, the guy... Uh, uh, is just done amazing work, and I've leaned on him many times. So I'm happy to have him on the podcast. How are you today, Mr. Krupe? I'm I'm doing well. I'm I'm especially well knowing that uh, I'm looking at the actuarial charts, and I probably will never have to cover 
another uh, NFL rights deal as long as I live. And that's a good thing. Saying congratulations would seemingly not be the right thing to say because of what it would mean. I'm but going yeah, to a the, better place. Know. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe they'll, you know, there's an out deal like after seven years, right? You never know. Be careful yeah, what you yeah. wish for. Exactly. So Miller, Jim Miller took care of ESPN. You you have the heavy lifting of this podcast. We're going to do the others. Let's um, let's start with, we'll do it in order. Uh, we'll leave Amazon for last and we'll, we'll do alphabetical order here. Let's start with CBS. Although it was, it, it was weird. It's funny though, because did you see, did you see the official NFL release that went out? Uh, and they did it in alphabetical order. They did? <laughs> uh, I didn't pick that up. Thought, uh, yeah. Amazon was first. Uh, Interesting. Between that, between that and, and, and finally releasing the news on the day that March Madness tipped off for the first time in two years, they were having a little fun over there at 345 Park Avenue. I know. You know, CBS is the partner. Come on now. Why are you releasing this on March Madness? Um, all right, so let's talk about CBS. I mean, they, um, you know, they they retained, I think, what they wanted, which was obviously the AFC package, um, which they've had now for many years. They're in the Super Bowl mix, which again, you figured they were going to retain. They get some exclusivity for Paramount Plus, and you know, they sort of pay in terms of an increase what some of their fellow competitors did in terms of the, the Fox NBC, like CBS to me, Anthony feels like the kind of the most obvious of all the deal points. Like I, I think you kind of knew what they wanted and they ended up getting it. How did you see CBS? Uh, I'll put it this way. Before, uh, you know, I've been kind of working on this story on and off for about three months. Uh, and I wanted to be as prepared as possible for when it came down. And, uh, you know, you have to go back. At, at, there was before the pandemic, we thought there was a chance that they would announce the deal on the night or the afternoon of uh, the previous Super Bowl. Uh, and, I, you know, the CBA ham, hammered out, but the, once the pandemic hit, that was the end of that. It's a waiting game, but for me, CBS was the easiest part of this to write. I wrote. I wrote different scenarios for every network. I couldn't come up with an alternative for CBS. It just was, it, you know, there was no question in my mind or really anybody else's that CBS was going to retain it. And largely because the AFC, you know, there's, there's, there's this idea that, oh, you know, the NFC is the premier package, the one that Fox has on Sundays. But the AFC is the way their affiliates are lined up and their, their owned and operated stations, it's so perfectly aligned with the AFC market that it, it's just a, it's a perfect fit for them. But at, at the same time, you know, some of the highest rated markets this year were AFC. So there's not between that and the uh, fact that they have the, 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 cross flex option and they're doing more and more NFC games. It's a great package. There's a lot of diversity, a lot of versatility. Uh, you, you got, uh, you got Kansas city, you got Buffalo, you got Pittsburgh, you got New York, Boston, Miami, and Baltimore, LA with the chargers, although they were like the lowest rated local market, uh, for obvious reasons. But, uh, it's, there was just no way they weren't going to get, and I think they probably were wrapped up before anybody, but the thinking at the NFL was, we're going to announce everything at all, you know, at the same time. And so they just kind of had to wait with everybody else. I think the first tell was when uh, CBS did their big Paramount plus uh, presentation to investors and uh, the NFL wouldn't, wouldn't have let them kind of go out there and hang so much of the presentation on, you know, here's what we're going to do with the NFL with Paramount plus, you know, it wouldn't, they wouldn't have hung them out to dry like that. Uh, so, you know, it was just kind of, it was just kind of a waiting game for everybody else to get their ducks in order. Uh, but yeah, I, to me, CBS was, 
the one thing I didn't really have to worry about, and then I would say Fox was up there too, but Fox, the overhang was with the Thursday night. Okay, so let's 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 go let's go to Fox then because this is they're a little more interesting I think than CBS in terms of sort of what comes down. So their obviously focus is to retain the NFC package that correlates to their um, to their markets and to the markets that or the stations I should say that they own in those NFC markets. You've written probably for the you know more than any other human being in life about how important the Sunday four twenty five p.m. Eastern time time slot is most valuable time slot on on traditional television. They get shoulder programming on Fox's Tubi streaming service. You should be let my audience know like what the value is or is not um, there. And they got out of Thursday Night Football, which clearly like it seems like a plus for them because they they clearly didn't want it anymore. Um, you know, they don't think it provides value for what they do. So again, I feel like, you know, they paid premium for that, but they get the NFC, which is, you know, they get Dallas, they get the Giants if the Giants are good, you know, they 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 get uh Chicago if the Bears will sort of ever return to form. They got big big markets um in terms of getting, you know, big potential viewership. So, not many changes there. Uh, Anthony, but you should sort of give give my audience your sort of thoughts on that, and then particularly the um, the 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 2B streaming service stuff because that's kind of interesting. Let's start with the linear TV part because uh, I think that aspect is getting sort of lost in the shuffle. People are very excited about the various uh, streaming counterparts, and obviously, uh, you know, a lot of this you look at it is. One foot is very much planted in the here and now, uh, in the uh, the reality that is broadcast TV. Uh, as much as um, you know, hot levels are down right now. The, the number of people watching broadcast television uh, in prime time, anyway, season to date, is down eighteen percent year over year. Uh, so, you know, with cord cutting, they're they're looking at probably about two thousand twenty five. Uh, with the virtual MVPDs, there'll, there'll probably be about 72 million subscribers, uh, down from north of 100 uh, during the heyday just a couple of years ago. So there's definitely concern that that, that the TV audience, that the uh, viable TV audience is shrinking, and that the way they're structuring the deals is you're going to have, you know, for the immediate future, it's still very much you know, rooted in television. That's not going away. Uh, but but the the future proofing is in the streaming. But uh, again, to, to go back to the the immediacy with which is broadcast TV, uh, Fox is uh, you know I think it's twelve years running that the four twenty game is the most-watched program on all of television. Uh, it is the most expensive show to buy if you're an advertiser. It's it's about $850,000 uh, for a 30-second spot, and and it goes up uh, depending on the matchups. You know, the Cowboys are in there, and uh, that Thanksgiving game when they get the Cowboys, that's well north of a million dollars for a spot. Uh and then on top of it, like we were saying with CBS, you've got the lineup with the affiliates. They they have the very similar uh, parallel construction with CBS in terms of how the affiliates shake up. Uh, and I guess more of the point is because Fox doesn't program that 10 o'clock hour, uh, so they have you know fewer programming hours. Uh, the NFL for the entire season, not for the season, for the television season, uh, when they have the Super Bowl, but I guess we've got to back out Thursday Night Football now, but say, say Thursday Night Football, the NFL accounts for about 42% of his total time spent with the network if during a Super Bowl year. Back out the Super Bowl, it's probably about 37 So that's just a huge chunk of of, uh, you know, time that people spend with the network is, is the NFL. So they were going to pay, 
pretty much what, what needed to be paid in order to retain that. There wasn't very much um, mystery about that either. Uh, and with Thursday, I think they would have, you know, they would have entertained the notion of holding on to it if, if they had exclusivity. Uh, but having to share it with so many different entities, uh, you know, including by uh, Amazon and including uh, uh, some of the various mobile phone uh, operators, I think it's, what is it, Verizon? Uh, and then there's the NFL network component. You're not going to pay double for that. I, I think Fox realized pretty early on in their stewardship that their affiliates didn't really care for it as much as they were kind of hoping for. It was a big part of Eric Shank's uh, bridge strategy. You know, when they say they, they want to own the fall, that's that's because uh, the amount of money that consumers spend is just insane during the fall. That The four months that coincide with football season are uh, people spend more money on, uh, you know, things that they see advertised than they do the other eight months of the year. Uh, part of it's because of the holidays, part of it's back to school. But uh, Shanks really wanted to have that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where you just own not only the fall, but you own that whole bridge into the weekend. And ultimately, for Thursday, it, it just wasn't worth the amount of money. I, I think it's important to... to to recognize that Thursday Night Football is still the second highest rated uh, primetime show uh, on the air. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's never going to do those Sunday number numbers. It's, it's never going to do uh, Sunday Night Football numbers. So ultimately, you know, I, I think they, they, they realized, look, our market cap is $26 billion. We're the smallest company out there now. Uh, you know, talk about Amazon buying uh, Thursday Night Football. Amazon could buy Fox if they wanted to. Uh, I don't know if that would, uh, you know, would make any sense in their business model, but who knows. Uh, but uh, I think they, they bought the, the most important part. Uh, the NFL, of course, is very happy with how things shake out because they've got the three best broadcast crews with the national games on uh, Fox and CBS and NBC, the production quality of each one of those broadcasts is fantastic. Uh, it, it does bring, you know, bring up questions about what Amazon's going to do, but we can get, get into that later. Uh, so I think really uh, that as far as the to be part is concerned, it's such a kind of relatively new property to Fox. And it doesn't have the sort of equity that I think the other products on the market have right now. Uh, it's, it, I think the, it's a free service. So it's, uh, it, it's probably going to lean a little harder on uh, an ad-supported component. I would assume in the, in the early going, they'll probably uh, try, to, try to just match up the uh, ammo uh, on the linear side with the, with the two B side, um, but clearly, you know they're they're going to average twenty five, twenty six million viewers per per game in that national window. Uh, TV is 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 where the emphasis is going to fall for uh, a, a very long time on, on the Fox end for sure. Let's go to NBC. Um, they um, they of course retain Sunday Night Football, and if you talk to their executives um that's what they wanted highest rated show in primetime television for a long long time they get some extra games for their new peacock platform including including i think maybe some uh, you know alternate uh feeds they um they were made a you know their comcast made it a point to say that they were going to get an nfl deal done and if some other deals fell by the wayside that's sort of the price of business, but the NFL was a primary importance for them. So again, that you know, I, the Peacock thing is interesting in that they get some exclusivity on streaming. But you know, clearly NBC wanted Sunday Night Football. I think Sunday Night Football has been very good for the league. That groupie just feels like it just really came down to whatever price that both sides could agree on, and and you know, shake hands and the deal's done. 
Yeah, I, I think the, the, the only uh, uh, mystery with NBC is what their booth is going to look like down the road. Uh, you know, yeah. We're, Might not be that much, much of a mystery if Drew Brees turns out to be good, though, you know? I, I do. Don't you get the feeling, though, people kind of hopped on that uh, a little a little early? Well, yeah. I mean, we, we need to see what – we need to – I think we need to see how he ultimately is as an analyst, what his chemistry is or is not with Mike Tirico. But, you know, it's like – I think NBC has made a futures bet that if things go well, you know, Drew Brees – ultimately follows Collinsworth, and I think it's very clear we already know that Mike Tirico follows Al Michaels. I guess the interesting part for me is what happens with uh, Al Michaels. You know, he's going to be, I think he's he's 77 after the Super Bowl. I think he could walk home from the stadium to Brentwood. I don't know much about L.A. traffic, but it it looks like it's uh, five miles up the road from his house on Google Maps. Uh, So, yeah, does... Does ESPN and or Amazon go after him? Uh, does, how does do Drew Brees work? We, you know, we everybody thinks everyone's going to be Tony Romo all of a sudden. We'll have to see. We and maybe maybe they've done tests with him already. I know that he was brought into a booth for a college game a couple of years back, which is when the bug sort of bit him, uh, which is what he said. The other day, when they brought him on officially, uh, he, he said the first time he put the headphones on, all of a sudden he knew, you know, this is what I want to do. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I, I'm amazed Peyton ha- it, it still has no interest in doing it. Yeah, I think that's a that strikes me as a travel thing more than anything else. I mean, money's not an issue with a guy like that. So I feel like li- that has to be a lifestyle decision. It's just a guess. Uh, yeah, there was, there was a lot of, uh, psych one-on-one early on. People were saying, uh, yeah, he saw how good Romo was and he wanted to be the best. So he, he, he opted out. That seems ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, I'd like to see Philip Rivers try it. I think he might. Uh, I think as a broadcaster, one thing you don't have to worry about is cuss words. He, he, uh, he's a, yeah, high school football is very important to Philip Rivers. So, from what I understand, if Philip Rivers ultimately ever decided to do this, I think Monday night is the night that would only work for him. But that's an interesting one. You know, ESPN should pursue that conversation and see um, see Rivers' interest because I think he could be good, and um, I, you know, I think clearly they'd be interested in a uh, in a in a sort of a bull face name. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, let's finish up with Amazon because there's obviously a lot to um, to this one. I was going to say, the, the, thing that, the only thing that surprised me really about any of this stuff, uh, and, you know, we, I think we've all reported this over the last several months, you know, don't be surprised by any of this. Most of the legacy guys are going to hold on. Uh, Sunday's not going to change at all. Monday's not going to change. Uh, for all the talk about ABC getting in the rotation, there, there, there was, and, you know, unless they did a simulcast uh, with ESPN, there was no way ESPN was going to punt the rights on cable because they've got $9 billion in in carriage fees to, to protect. So that's not, uh, that wasn't going anywhere. So the, the one surprise to me was that the actual duration of the Amazon deal, because I thought, you know, looking at how Amazon, uh, they're not, I would say they're dilettantes, but they like to experiment. They like to dip their toes in and sort of get a feel for things. And there's a long history of them kind of trying things out uh, and backing out of it. There's, there's all sorts of business models that they've, they've experimented with and in the long run decided this doesn't really work. Uh, so we're, we're not, we're not going with this. 
uh, I, I was surprised that they went all in on uh, 11 years. I, and I know they've had a relationship with the NFL since 2017, so I guess that would get us our four-year toe-dipping. But it, it seemed uncharacteristic for them to go all in. Uh, so that was the only thing that really kind of took me took me back. Let me ask you this. Do you, was the price tag, reported price tag of $1 billion, a surprise to you at all, uh, given that Amazon clearly play, paid a premium for Thursday Night Football? That, that would not, you know, they play, paid a premium for exclusivity. I don't think in a million years the number would have been like that for one of the traditional broadcasters in Thursday Night Football. No, but the, their market cap is $1.2 trillion. Yeah, no, I get it. So it's, for the, as Miller said in an earlier segment, it's couch, it's couch cushion money for them. So, yeah, again, I think the duration was the, was the, the big investment, not so much the, the dollar amount. Um, I, I do think it's going to be interesting to watch them staff up uh, in the back office I mean, they got they got Mike Hopkins, uh, but I, I think the the stuff that's going to get the most ink is who are they going to get? Who are they going to get for the booth? I know I'm not throwing shade on anybody, but ESPN's had a hard time really putting together. I'm not going to say a viable booth. I think they're viable. I don't think it's necessarily must see TV all the time. But you know, I'm also a little. Spoiled. I grew up on Howard and Dandy Don and the GIF, and uh, you know, I I don't like who's who's Amazon going to get if 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 the sports colossus has had a hard time, you know, finding that. All right. Well, Krippy. I mean, listen. Amazon has made a bet, at least at the moment, on Hannah Storm and Andrea Kramer. And I kind of like that differentiator. I mean, that would be an all-female booth. It's different than any other major booth that exists out there. They're both well-known, respected professionals. So I feel like that could totally be your number one booth. The question, of course, for Amazon, at least when it comes to talent, is going to be, and I think you hit on this, it's the Al Michaels question. It's someone like that. If What happens if somebody like, you know, who's really been a transcendent star in NFL booths becomes available, and it's really just a question of a money play? You know, do you throw, make it, you know, $5 million a year to have you know, I'll do, you know, 15 of your games. Uh, I don't know what Amazon's going to do, but the other thing is like, you know, like, like you've said in the past, like how much ta- how much is talent really going to ultimately draw uh, any more people to that broadcast? I, I don't think that broadcast is going to get great games. I kind of think Amazon knows that, right? So it's just purely nothing more than a the marketing and advertising vehicle for, for Prime and to sell stuff to, to people who have Prime. Yeah, which I guess that that sort of answers our question because if if we're not looking at it from the perspective of broadcast television, which is all about advertising impressions and you know affiliate revenue, and this is just a vehicle for them besides data mining, which you know let's let's all be honest about what's going on there. But if if this is a vehicle for them to sign up more subs, it doesn't really matter if. You know they can't get 10 million, uh, the equivalent of you know 10 million viewers per night. Uh, obviously, they they would they would want it. The NFL would want it. You know the NFL wants to. That that's that's been a big part of why television did so well uh, in, in this last round of deals. They 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 want that reach. But um, I, yeah, so do they necessarily have to have a flagship? Uh, I guess we can't call it a broadcast. I don't know what we'll call it. Uh, streamcast. Oh, I hate that already. Um, Tricast, they call it. Yeah. What, what do they call yeah. it? What, Tricast, what it? I think they call. Or they called oh. it that. They call it yeah, previously. Yeah, I, I think for me the bigger question is who's producing these things. Uh, CBS has told me that they're not. They haven't been approached, uh, and they wouldn't really necessarily be interested in, you know, doing that. That was kind of a one-off. Uh, you know who's so who's producing these things? It's not like there's just people uh, in the street like you could just yeah no this is a special a significant specialty I totally agree with you like you know you you have to hire people who who know what they're doing well I'm gonna have you back because like I feel like we're just at the beginning of this like the the um, 
you know, how these play out, like, will be fascinating, uh, you know, particularly with obviously ESPN and, uh, and it's Super Bowls and now Amazon uh, presents this stuff. But um, but I appreciate you coming on today. Let me give you more pub here. Anthony Krupe, follow him on Sportico. He is their sports media reporter. Check him out on Twitter as well. And again, I'm not just kissing his butt because he came on here. There's honestly nobody better when it comes to sort of uh, explaining um, the relationship between uh, viewership and advertising and why networks ultimately sort of do what they do when it comes to that world. Uh, Krupe, thanks so much for coming on today. You, yeah, I know it's been a really busy like uh, 10 day stretch with you with these media deals and, uh, and we look forward to more of your work. Thanks so much for joining me today on the sports media podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, and, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to the next, uh, round of deals in, uh, I guess it'd be what? 2031, maybe. We'll I just did the math. God help, God help us all. Yeah. <laughs> God help. God help thanks, us man. all. All right. Thanks, Krupe. All right. Back in the studio. My thanks to uh, Jim Miller and Anthony Krupe for their time and insight. If you like these kind of conversations, please head to the uh, Sports Media with Richard Deitch page. Give us a five-star review. Leave us a nice review. Bosses uh, at my place look at that, judge stuff by that. So it really does matter. It's important. So thank you ahead of time. Uh, last couple podcasts before this, we did the ESPN NHL new media rights deal with Sean Shapiro and Ryan S. Clark of The Athletic. That was a great conversation. Those guys provided a ton of insight on that. And then before that, how to create a great podcast with Conrad Thompson and Jim Ross. Uh, they are the co-hosts of Grilling JR. I would, I, in my opinion, the best wrestling podcast out there today. And so they, we did a deep dive on just how that podcast came to be and, and how it's been successful. And then uh, if you just go back into the archives, you'll see a long conversation with Steve Levy. Um, got a uh, conversation with Chelsea Janes and Donovan Bennett on uh, a number of different things. And then, again, just uh, Rhiannon Walker, Britt Giroli of The Athletic, and Jane McManus talking about the, uh, the Jared Porter story, sexual harassment of female sports reporters. Uh, prior to that, Noah Eagle on the Nickelodeon NFL game. So, again, hopefully something for you if you like this kind of stuff. As always, thank you to Patrick Antonetti and Sean Cherry for producing this. My thanks to everybody at Cadence 13, from Spencer Brown to Chris Corcoran to John McDermott, and mostly thanks to you for listening. We've been doing this a long time now, and uh, I do not take that for granted. I appreciate uh, your support of this podcast. We uh, will see you next week, uh, or maybe even later this week. Who knows? We will figure it out. It's the tournament time, so I think uh, I think a basketball guest will be coming sooner than later. Again, thanks so much, and we'll see you again on the Sports Media Podcast. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League Podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.